Welcome to Perspectives with Dr. Vadisha Patel. Do you sometimes feel alone in life with personal and interpersonal struggles and challenges? We'll show you that you are not alone and that you can learn and thrive from your challenges and thereby live a healthy life. Now, here is your host, Dr. Vadisha Patel. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Perspectives. I am your host, Dr. Vidisha Patel, and I'm excited to bring you another hour of conversation today around the topic of generating and sustaining heart-focused energy and how to manage your stress and anxiety. Are you a family member or a friend stressed out? Do you find it difficult to focus on the activity at hand? Perhaps you have trouble performing well on tests or giving presentations, or sporting events. You are not alone. The Institute of HeartMath has developed reliable, scientifically validated tools since 1991, helping people reduce and avoid stress while experiencing increased peace, satisfaction, and enjoyment. Research from the HeartMath Institute shows that adding heart to our daily activities and connections produces measurable benefits to our own and others' well-being. Today, I'm joined by the Executive Vice President of HeartMath LLC, Howard Martin. Howard is one of the original leaders of HeartMath. He has been there with Doc Childry since its inception in 1991. Howard co-authored the book, The HeartMath Solution, with Doc Childry in 1999, and has played a key role in launching the Global Coherence Initiative, which is a science-based co-creative project to unite people in heart-focused care and intention, to facilitate a shift in global consciousness from instability and discord to balance, cooperation, and enduring peace. And I'm hoping towards the end of the show to talk a little bit more about that. And at this point, I also want to add that I've been using the HeartMath tools and techniques for close to 15 years now. I use them in my doctoral research and have been using them in my private practice as a licensed mental health therapist ever since. So I am so pleased to have Howard on the show to talk about the HeartMath Institute and also ways that we can connect with each other from the heart and thus enabling a more peaceful society. Howard, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Vanisha. It's really good to be with you. I'm glad to have an opportunity to uh, have a conversation that others can listen to. And I want to say hello to everybody listening to this program, wherever you are around the world. And I hope that uh, you gain something of value that can help to improve your life as we go through our time together today. Wonderful. So I think I'd like to start a little bit with just telling everyone what Heart, the HeartMath Institute is how and how it started. Where was the... Um, the impetus for starting it all those years ago? Sure. Well, heart math is, first of all, a system consisting of techniques, methods, and technology all underpinned with scientific research designed to help empower people as we go through these, you know, these changing times. It's an extraordinary time in, in global history. Um, we did start heart math back in 1991. Today we have the Institute of Heart Math, which is our nonprofit. We also have Heart Math LLC, which is our for-profit company. So we've grown a lot since the early days of, uh, of forming Heart Math back in, in 1991. The reason we did it, and the reason Doc Childry, the, the founder of Heart Math, did it is recognition that people were going through a lot of challenges, that the speed of change was accelerating, that we were living in an, in an extraordinary time period in the history of humankind and that people were going to need more and more ways which they could deal with that much change happening so quickly. 
So it was actually uh, a mission of care, really, to put something out to the world that we felt could work and could help. And so over time, over the, all these years, we've developed this complete system. And uh, today we've shared it all around the world. And I think there's been people that have had life-changing experiences through our work uh, in well over 120 countries. Uh, we're what I call a big little organization today, meaning that we're <laughs> small by comparison to large corporations and all that, but we're certainly large in other ways. And we've had this huge footprint around the world. I'm really glad to say that we've helped millions and millions of people, you know, dealing with the challenges associated with, with modern life on an individual level and societal level. That's that's really incredible. So I have to ask, was it something that started around um, a table somewhere, a conversation somewhere, or how how did that <laughs> really come together? <laughs> So you want to go back to prehistoric heart math, huh? Yeah. Yes, I uh, do. <laughs> okay. It really started away a very long time ago before we were ever an organization. It goes back into early years in North Carolina, in case the listeners haven't figured out. Uh, I'm originally from the South. Uh, it was young people interested in personal growth, interested in exploring our own consciousness and finding out you know, more about who we were. And finding ways in which we could expand that awareness and consciousness and apply it to having meaningful lives. And so it's just it was based upon that kind of of, uh, of an interest. And uh, we tried lots of different things. We read books and we'd practice what was in the books. We'd meet and gather and get together. And these friendships and these bonds just grew and grew and grew. We had you know, normal jobs and all of that that we did in our life. But our know, real interest was in how can we grow, how can we expand? In those days, uh, uh, we never really had an ambition to be an organization or be authors or speakers like we are today. We, we just didn't think about that. It didn't, didn't cross our minds, really. We were just digging in, looking for answers to our own questions. Uh, eventually, that led to an exploration of the heart. We'd read about it in a lot of the books, and certainly most of the great uh, teachings in the world talk about the heart in magnificent ways, and we wondered about it and felt that it needed exploration to see if it was just metaphor or if there was really something there. When we took a heart-centric approach to our own growth, what we found was is that there was a lot more than just a metaphor, that it was, in fact, a magnificent intelligence. It was intuitive in nature. It was high speed. It was the kind of intelligence that looks out for the whole. It was the birthplace, so to speak, of the emotions that we wanted more of, like more care and more love and more compassion. And as we begin, as we continue to develop that, we found that, you know, that there was, it was key, it was essential to our lives and we felt to the lives of everybody. So over time, without really having an ambition to start an organization, it became obvious that, you know, after many years of that kind of exploration, that perhaps we had something that was worth sharing with the world. And so we partnered with some other people in California, where we've been located since. Uh, we formed an organization. We started it with no venture capital, no major business plan, but just with a desire to put together something that we felt could help people, and that's what we did. And today it's grown and grown and grown, and I've described a little bit about what HeartMath is today, but it did start back you know, in North Carolina, not necessarily at a kitchen table, but certainly there was time at kitchen tables <laughs> <laughs> of us just trying to be better human beings. Well, so... That actually sounds like the core value of HeartMath. You started with something that was important to you from the heart, and this is what you're teaching. So I know when I went for my training years ago, there was a conversation about how we we assume that it's our brain that sends the 
the bulk of the signals to the rest of the body. Um, but in fact, there are more signals running from the heart to the brain. Is that, did I understand that correctly? Yeah. I think, yeah, we, when we began to put our system together, just let me say this, we realized we, if we're going to put a heart-based system out to the world that could have, you know, impact across all aspects of society, that we better approach it a little differently because heart wasn't new. It had been talked about for thousands of years, and still it was being written off as something sweet and something sentimental and maybe not appropriate, you know, for the type of living people that we're doing. Uh, so we needed to build a bridge between what I know people feel inside intuitively about heart and what had been said in, in so many of the writings. We chose science to be the bridge. So we began to do scientific research on the physical heart. We felt that the physical heart was doing more than pumping blood, but we wanted to know if it was. And what we found in the early days of research and exploration is that it was, in fact, an information processing center in the body, and that pieces of that story were, in fact, already in the research literature, scattered throughout the research literature. So our scientists uh, and scientific team that we formed here of impressive people began to do more rigorous under, uh, scientific study around the physical heart. And what we found, again, is that it sends information to the brain through the rest of the body, which you're referring to um, mm -hmm. is the fact that the heart has a nervous system. Right. It's studied, studied through a field called neurocardiology. I mean, this was already going on, but nobody knew about it. It's a very complex nervous system next to the brain. It's the most complex part of the nervous system that we actually have. And it is sending signals to our brain from the heart. Uh, and brain function is critically dependent upon this information. The point you're referring to is that the brain does send information to the heart, mostly information that's in controlling the timing of the heartbeat. But when you map out neurological traffic in the body, you can clearly see that the heart actually sends a lot more information to the brain than it gets from the brain. Which is why our emotions are at the base of how we use this system? Is that... Well, I think emotions are another story. I mean, I think that, you know, one of the greatest benefits of accessing heart, we call it heart intelligence. Uh, when you manifest more heart intelligence, one of the great benefits of that is it does give us the ability to better regulate our emotions, you know, to make emotional choices that are less stressful, emotional choices that advance us rather than deplete us. This is one of the great gifts that comes from the heart, is the ability to see into our emotional states and then make emotional choices that are more beneficial. Interesting. So are all the tools geared towards this goal, or do they build on each other, or how does, how does that work? Well, the heart mass system, again, does have a whole suite of, of techniques and methods, and they do relate to one another, and in some ways they do build upon each other. It's, they're very similar, the tools actually are, and they're very simple, deceptively simple in many ways. But the application is where they're different. So they're nuanced for application. In other words, you know, there's a technique just for you know becoming less stressed in the moment. There's a technique for helping to choose emotion, to shift the emotional state. There's a technique for decision making. There's one for communication. There's one for project planning and planning anything really. Uh, and it goes into that that whole suite of of applications built around the same central concept, the same theme of what our techniques are about. Right, and a, a little bit later in the show, maybe in the second segment, we can actually go through the various um, techniques that uh, that HeartMath offers and 
really go into detail in the system. Um, I'm interested in how the world has shifted in your in from your perspective from what you were facing back. At, around that table in North Carolina when you were first coming up with this to what you see the need is today. Um, so yeah. I guess it's like how has stress changed or shifted? Well, everything's moving faster. I think most people would acknowledge that and agree with that. Uh, certainly it's more complex. Uh, the complexity of life is on full display. Uh, everything's more exposed now, and it, everything is moved into different corners of preference, and as a result of that, a lot of separation polarization is there. You have different viewpoints. I think we're all overwhelmed with information. We don't know what's up, what's down anymore, and I think that you know we're being bombarded with all kinds of information and opinions about everything. It's difficult to sort through that, make sense of what's real to us, what's the truth to us. Um, that, the speed and the complexity is added up to a need to grow and a need to change. And people don't necessarily always respond well to have to make changes. We can't approach life anymore like we used to. It just doesn't work the same way. The same sort of hand-me-down programs that we have tried to base life on only work up to a certain point, and then they don't overlay well on what's happening in, in, in the world around us. That can be very stressful. You mentioned it at the beginning of our of our show today. Is that stress is that you know is, is a big deal? If people feel stressed, you know, don't feel alone. You made that point, and I think it's one worth repeating because life is always has has a degree of stress in it, and I think it's very heightened right now. So, if anybody listening to us in our conversation today is experiencing a lot of stress, recognize there's nothing wrong with you. You're okay. It's just the time period where we are going to be more stressed often than we were before doesn't really have to be that way, and HeartMath has come up with ways in which we can reduce the intensity of that stress, and we can eliminate some of it and deflect some of it, but it's still going to be there because we're in a transitional era in time. But stress is a big problem. It's a, it's a global problem. It's a global health problem. Um, for example, you know, many studies have shown that about 90% of every doctor's visit has a stress-related component to it. And when I talk to, to medical people, whether it be a chiropractor or a cardiologist, and ask them what's one of the primary causes or the primary cause of the health conditions that they treat, stress comes up high on the list every single time. <laughs> and so we know it's impacting us in both the quality of our life, uh, but also right down to our physical health and well-being. Yeah, it's a little frightening, actually. And I have to wonder, I know these, I know that life moves faster now or it certainly feels like it moves faster now to us but did it move faster 30 years ago than the previous 30 years you know is this a constant is this just something that we're going on this trajectory that it's just going to continue moving faster and faster or um is this an anomaly in our time no, I period. think so. I think you're right. I think it's always it always the progression of time and the speed of which things happen always has been moving faster for a very long time, and I don't see an end to it anytime soon. I do think it's leading us somewhere good, though. That's the point. It's just not that it's just getting fast for the sake of getting fast. It's accelerating evolution. It's accelerating our consciousness. It's creating new and very positive changes in us once we get on the other side of that wave, so to speak. Uh, many people are struggling with that, and I do understand, and there are going to be a lot of people that struggle with it. But at the same time, the same momentum that's creating the stress 
is creating opportunity for growth. So there are a lot of people that are becoming something really new and very different than they once were. They're not the same old folks anymore. They're 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 different, and they're much more in touch with their true purpose in life, with who they truly are. They're making changes that are positive and beneficial for themselves, for those around them, and in their professions, and in their contributions to the world. So the speed of change that I'm speaking to has a stress component, but it also has an opportunistic growth component to it as well. I would agree with you. I think it's a little frightening for people because I think it's like running a race and your your feet are running faster than, than you can keep up with yourself. And um, sometimes maybe that causes the anxiety as well because you just can't keep up with yourself. And I would like to continue this part of the conversation. We're going to go for a short commercial break, um, but we will be back. This is Dr. Vidisha Patel, and I am in conversation with Howard Martin from the HeartMath LLC. We will be back in just a few minutes. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you stopped to think seriously about hypnosis? Hypnosis can set you on your way to better health, can free you from anxiety, phobias, and so much more. Join host Inez Simpson for Hypnosis Everywhere, Inez Simpson and the Simpson Protocol. This show is for anyone from the experienced hypnotist practitioner to the merely curious. Inez Simpson offers tools and insights from the whole world of hypnosis with guests and open discussions. Hypnosis Everywhere, The Simpson Protocol, airs live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are tuned into Perspectives with Dr. Vadisha Patel. If you would like to reach the show today, please call into 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Patel at drv4kids at yahoo.com. That's Dr. V, the number four, kids at yahoo.com. Now, back to Perspectives. Welcome back to Perspectives. I'm your host, Dr. Vidisha Patel, and I am in conversation with Howard Martin, the Executive Vice President of HeartMath LLC. Today, we're talking about stress and anxiety, but we're also talking about 
what we can do about it and how we can help each other. So, um, Howard, I wanted, you know, we've talked about the world moving at a faster pace and therefore more stress, also good things coming from it as well as we grow and expand. But maybe we need to back up a little bit. And if you can give us your definition of what stress is. Yeah, let me explain what I think stress is. You know, first of all, to explain that, just me very quickly just say that when stress researchers years ago started looking at this thing called stress, they determined that stress was about perceptions of the events of life. In other words, it's how we're perceiving something that creates stress or not, or the degree of stress. Uh, a traffic jam is a great example. A traffic jam for one person can be hugely you know, stressful. They're upset. They're angry. The traffic's moving too slow. They hate it. You know, why do they have to have this inconvenience? And for another person, it can be something like, yeah, well, this is not good, but you know, no big deal. And for another person, it can be like, wow, you know, I have a chance now to slow down in this traffic jam and plan out the rest of my day. So the same event can have a lot of different perceptions. So I would agree with that early stress research and say the stress is about how we perceive the events of life. And certainly in today's world, there are a lot of things that can come up that can create stress. But let's take it one step further. With every perception that we have, there's an emotion associated with it. Just in the traffic jam example that I just gave, I described someone who could feel angry, upset, and all that. Those are feelings. Those are emotions that people are experiencing. So there's a perception, there's the emotion. So stress is really the emotional response to the perception that we have, if that makes sense. Let me say that again. Stress is really about the emotional response we are having to the perceptions that we have, right, that we experience. Uh, Yes. that's the way it works. And so if you really want to look at stress, you can't, first of all, we can't change all the external things. You know, I got a, a, a voicemail message as soon as I woke up this morning that wasn't good. <laughs> so I have a choice there. You know, is this going to like color my day? Is this going to, you know, create stress for me? Is this going to cause me to process this of how come it's not going the way that I wanted it to? Or am I going to sort of make peace with that and just find a way to flow through it and deal with it? You know, that's an example. So the external things aren't going to change. It's how we deal with them that we can change. That starts with, first of all, looking at the, how we're perceiving life, ourselves, others, etc. But then most importantly, it's like making choices that begin to shift the emotions. In other words, we don't have to always allow things to make us angry or mad or upset. That's just, that's stress on steroids is what that is. We can learn to find places inside that are a little more neutral, a little calmer, a little more peaceful, allowing things to unfold, not allowing stress to just trigger us right and left and up and down and all around. And that's part of the skill set that HeartMath teaches that can help us learn to navigate life with less of those edgy, edgy feelings, less of the, of the bumpy road that we sometimes go through. And in doing so, over time, we end up sort of with a life that's just generally less stressful. It has its moments, but it's not what it used to be. It's not the same stressed out, hectic feeling that we have uh, all the time. It, it balances itself out more. So so we're not getting rid of the events that are happening. We're not removing those events necessarily. We're, we are adjusting how we respond to those same events. Is that what you're saying? That's right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But also, too, there can be choices in that, uh, Medisha. There can be choices that we make. Uh, looking at news is a good one, right? 
I mean, uh-huh. you can look at the news, and you can get all into the news in every single story. You can even isolate it down, especially the news we have in the United States today, which is political news. It's like everywhere. And, and it doesn't matter. I'm not making a shot call here on which side of that to be on or any of that. But you can look at either side of that equation, and you can just get stressed about it, right? Well, okay. you've had a choice. You can head, head, head deep. Do you want to dig into the news? Do you want to read every single story, and do you want to make sure that you – uh, complain about what you just read to somebody else, et cetera, et cetera. It can go on. Or do you want to just observe it, like read the headline, say, okay, that's not something that I like, and then go on to what's next in your day. You know, it's a matter of choice on those kind of things. We don't have to do all the same habits the same way, and we can improve uh, the stress levels in our life by making some choices like that. But yeah, life's going to be life, and you're going to get voicemails just like I got this morning, and there's nothing you can do about that except for how you then process it. So going back to your traffic jam example, so if you're in a traffic jam and you're late to work and you get to work and then you tell your coworker about what an awful traffic jam it was and how it was, how you responded to it, there is a component where we, we relive that stress. Is that true? That's what, that's very true, and so we can it, it end up sort of amplifying the stress we already experienced. And that's just one example of how we do that. But yeah, that's a, a standard pattern, standard habit that many people have. All of us have in some way, but we don't really have to do that, do we? We don't have to. And even if we do, could we share it in a way that says the difference would be like, "Well, the traffic was really bad this morning, and it caused me to be late for work, but I'm okay." Or is it like, that traffic is horrible. When are they going to finally do something about that road? I can't put up with this anymore, right? There's a right. whole different relationship right. how you just shared that. Exactly. And the HeartMath system helps us learn how to share those kinds of, share that kind of information in a way that's that's better for us if we feel the need to like share to, If you don't mind, Madisha, here's what I'd like to do right now. So as people listen to this, they may be experiencing some stress just from listening to it. So let's practice <laughs> a very simple heart math technique right in the moment. You know? Wonderful. And we can do this. Radio is not the greatest format for this, but let's all try this together. Wherever you are listening right now, I want you to do three things. And the first thing I want you to do is to focus your attention in the area of your heart, just the area in the middle of your chest. And just feel your tension go to that area of your body right now. And now what I'd like you to do is to breathe naturally and normally, but deeper than you normally would. So nice deep breaths. And as you're breathing, I want you to imagine as if the breath is flowing in and out through the area in the center of your chest, the area of your heart. Now continue to breathe this way, and I want you to move now to step three. I want you to just try to feel a regenerative, uplifting emotion. Maybe you can feel appreciation for something that's going on in your life right now, the good things in your life. Or maybe you can feel the love or care you have for someone or something in your life. Don't force it. Just feel that feeling as you continue to breathe as if the breath is flowing in and out through the area of the heart. like everyone to continue to do that, let me explain to you what's happening inside your body right now. It's balancing out something called your autonomic nervous system, which is a very important part of your body. That system influences about 90% of every function that your body has. 
and it's synchronizing right now. That's causing a release of hormones into your system that are good for you, that regenerate you. Like the hormone DHEA, which is an anti-aging hormone. Or the hormone oxytocin, which is a hormone that is associated with positive emotion, a regenerative emotion, a regenerative hormone. The signals that run from your heart back to your brain are opening up the higher perceptual centers in your brain, giving you a greater ability to perceive, to see wider, to to have a deeper understanding of whatever's going on in your life. It's making you smarter. That's opening the door for different kinds of intelligence, like intuition, or the direct knowingness that you may have about certain things. And all of that really and more is happening right now as you practice the simple technique. Heart focus is step one. Doing what's called heart-focused breathing is step two. And then adding in an attempt to experience a regenerative, uplifting emotion. And that's something you can do anytime, anywhere, eyes open, eyes closed, while you're driving in your car, while you're in that traffic jam, before phone calls, in between meetings, after you've been feeling stressed and you want to get back to balance. That simple little technique can be a good friend for you to help you do exactly that. And that's called quick coherence. Vidisha, I know you're familiar with it, being a heart math trained person. I'm sure you've used it with clients many times. I have, and it never it never fails. <laughs> it's um it's a great way to start a session, it's a great way to start a meeting. It's I recommend it to people if they're trying to start a project, um, transitioning points in their day. Um, it's a very, it's, it, it really does shift how, how you feel, um, as you go into whatever it is that you're going to be starting next. Um, and that is just one of the many parts of the heart math system. So, um, this might actually be a good time, Howard, if you, if you want to talk about some of the other, um, Techniques or tools that are are part of the heart math system. Yeah, I mean, you know, there again, uh, we're on a radio show together today, so it's a little difficult to take a lot of time to do techniques. The techniques are simple, but they take some time to process and to understand and to get right. But you know, you can take that same technique that we just did. Let's say you're 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 having an emotion that you don't want. You've recognized that. You've observed it. Let's say you're feeling stressed. Well, then what you can do is you can do you can choose what we call a replacement attitude. In other words, you recognize I'm stressed. What would you rather feel instead? You could say to yourself, well, I'm stressed right now. I'd rather feel calm. And so when you're doing step three of that same technique, you're trying to focus on breathing the feeling of calm. And you just breathe that feeling as best you can of calm instead of stress. And you do it till you begin to feel a little shift inside yourself. And that will happen, and then you sort of bring it, sort of bring that down, and, and we call it anchor it, make it real, anchor it in, and uh, then go on to what's next, go on to the next events in your day. So you're really doing the same technique, but instead of just focusing on any regenerative uplifting emotion, you're focusing on one you've chosen to replace an emotion that is stressing you out. 
And that's a great one to practice. Another simple technique, but something I hope people can take away from our conversation now and actually practice, you know, right, right today when things begin to come up. Sure. And then there, there are also other programs that are set up um, because I, I know I've worked with children and test anxiety. Um, so is, is that still a program that HeartMath offers? Yeah, well, the Institute, HeartMath Institute has a lot of things for children and families. Go to heartmath.org or your Vidisha site to find out more about that. And uh, there are programs for things like that, working with children to help reduce anxiety. What you're referring to is actually a study, not a course. It was a large study done with multiple school systems around the country a number of years ago. Um, using HeartMath techniques and our technology, award-winning technology, the Interbalance Trainer or M-Wave Pro, to help children reduce anxiety before taking tests uh, and improve test scores is what it did. Improve behavior and also improve test scores. And what our researchers were looking at is something that they believe hypothetically was true is that sometimes students study and they have the information inside themselves. They've done the preparation they need to, but they're very anxious about the test and the result. And when you're feeling any emotion like anxiety, it blocks out higher perceptual centers in the brain. And so Here's a student who's prepared but is so anxious about the test that they can't really come up with the answers. The answers are there. They just can't get to them because the anxiety is creating a block in the brain that's blocking them off from getting to the information they have. So what we're able to show is by practicing techniques, using our technology, that these children and students were able to improve test scores and they saw behavioral change in them as well, which is probably even more important. And are these techniques... That, uh, that do they need to be done at the moment before? So in the case of the test, for example, is it something that needs to be done as they're starting their test or a few minutes before, or is it something that can be done an hour before in preparation? Yeah, a, you can do it an hour before. I mean, it's also, you know, the way I look at some of the techniques that we have, the one we practiced together just a minute ago, is like I use them to get ready for things. I use them to get over things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When I need to get over something that didn't go my way, then it's a good way to bring myself back to a place that feels better. So it's to get over and to prepare is, is a way you can use heart math techniques. And there's some you use, like I mentioned, freeze frame technique, for example, is for decision making. So you want to like focus right in on a decision you need to make and really use your heart's intelligence to help guide that understanding of the right decision. You know, So that's sort of a, a tool that's applied to a specific situation. Right. Um, and actually, with the freeze frame technique, um, I have a story from a, a school that's local to where I live, where students had learned the technique in school, and they were part of a group that was putting on a play, and they had some friends who had not learned the techniques and were were afraid of performing. They were getting stage fright. So the students who had learned some of these techniques taught them in the moment and basically did a, a quick coherence with their other um, friends who were in the performance and it made a huge difference. So um, with that, we are going to take one more commercial break and then we will be back to continue this conversation. This is Dr. Vidisha Patel talking to Howard Martin from HeartMath. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Steps to a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Perspectives with Dr. Vadisha Patel. If you would like to reach the show today, please call into 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Patel at drv4kids at yahoo.com. That's Dr. V, the number 4, kids at yahoo.com. Now, back to Perspectives. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our third segment of Perspectives. This is Dr. Vidisha Patel, and we are talking about use, adding heart to the world, to our lives, and also managing our stress and anxiety. Um, the last segment, I finished up with a very quick story about how some students were able to teach each other the techniques to help them get over stage fright. And um, it was very successful. So that's just one way that young people are able to help each other. Um, these, this system, Howard, has a actual software component to it that assists in it. So can you talk a little bit about um, the M-Wave and the inner balance? Sure, I'd be glad to. Yeah. You know, when I mentioned earlier that there was technology and that we'd done a lot of research on understanding heart-brain-body communication. So we developed technology measuring what's called changes in heart rhythms. There's a medical discipline for that called heart rate variability analysis. And that, that type of analysis is reflective of what's happening in the autonomic nervous system. It's reflective of what's happening in the communication taking place between heart and brain. And you can learn to use it to improve that communication by using the technology. Uh, it's really cool. You can go to heartmath.com website, and you'll see plenty of information about it. I'll briefly describe it now, but I encourage you to go to heartmath.com. Check out the Inner Balance Trainer or the M-Wave. They both measure the same thing. They both use the same algorithm to determine you know, how good that communication is. Uh, but they do it in different ways. One is computer-based, 
uh, you use it on your desktop computer. A lot of professionals use that. Uh, it has uh, the ability to see everything on a big screen, and the, the, the health professional uses it with clients and patients. The other one is the most popular version, which, again, measures exactly the same way. It's a different form factor, and it's called the Inner Balance Trainer. It's an app you download from your favorite app store. You purchase a sensor from us. Uh, that sensor uh, attaches to your earlobe, gives the, takes the information from your body, and then the app converts it into an understanding of your heart rhythms and the quality of communication between heart, brain, and rest of the body. Now, these are cool, and they are used all around the world for a lot of different things, including a lot of stress reduction applications. They're also used for performance applications. We train athletes, professional athletes, using our technology, for example. We train military personnel, police officers, lots of different people. We use uh, heart math techniques and our technology, uh, not only to reduce stress, but to improve in some way, to improve their performance. So check this stuff out. It's, uh, just a, it's an interesting component added to our heart-based system to have actually an assistive technology, so a technology that improves us, that you can get. It's not super expensive, and you can get it and apply it in your life. So go to heartmath.com, and you'll see Interbalance Trainer and an M-Wave on that site very clearly and very visibly, and, uh, and read about it. Check it out. And can you talk a little bit about, is this, um, I often get the question, is this biofeedback, or how is this different from biofeedback? Well, biofeedback looks at brain waves. Uh, that's traditional biofeedback, so it's, a, it's its own thing, right? But if you look at our technology from a generic standpoint, it is biofeedback. It's giving back information from our body that's important. Now, we're not looking at the brain. We're looking at the heart. So that's what's different about it. You know, so in generic terms, it's biofeedback. In specific terms, it's, it's heart-focused, not brain-focused. And it's a very unique way of looking at the physiology through these changing heart rhythms. I will say that most biofeedback practitioners in the world today also use uh, heart, rate, heart, heart rate variability technology in addition to their brainwave stuff, and in many cases are using our technology. It's become the most popular one and the most successful one in that field. And also, you, you mentioned heart rate variability. Now, so mm-hmm. that is very different from somebody's heart rate or their pulse rate. Correct? Can you talk a yeah. little bit more about yeah, it's that? Not, yeah, it's not the same thing as a fitness monitor measures telling you how many beats per minute you are. It's really looking at the timing between heartbeats. A heart never beats in a steady rhythm. It's always changing and fluctuating. It's supposed to do that. It's how it pumps blood in the ways it needs to pump blood to, you know, to do the things uh, we need to do physically. So it's constantly changing and fluctuating. And that's a good thing, but yet we want it to be... Uh, something we can learn to manage and control. So what we want to do is not keep it from fluctuating, but we want to smooth out that, that wave, that rhythm. It's going to naturally be you know, sort of choppy and irregular for walking or talking, but if we're just sitting there experiencing an emotion, we have the ability to shift into a state that can change that rhythm and send really, really coherent, ordered signals to the brain and the rest of the body that are really beneficial for us physiologically, mentally, and emotionally. And that's what the technology shows you and trains you to do. And I also want to mention that this is not an invasive because I, a va- invasive thing because I have clients who come in who have young children and it's monitoring the pulse from the earlobe. So it's um, it, there's nothing nothing too much involved in it. You just attach the sensor to your earlobe and it measures 
all the information that it needs. Yeah, I've heard um, that before. It's interesting you bring that comment up because I've heard it from other practitioners that when they use biofeedback, a lot of times it's putting things on someone's head and it's a lot of complex-looking equipment there. It can actually create a sense of stress in people, especially if they're already stressed. Our technology is not like that. It's a simple little clip on your earlobe. The screens are pretty. They look good. There's actually little games that you can play in the M-Wave uh, Pro, uh, especially good for children. So we make it something that feels good to people, not something that feels like they're being invaded or tested or something. Exactly. And this inner balance is because it's on your phone, it's something that people can use wherever they are, whenever they have their phone. And you can store your information on it as well. Yeah, you, correct? yeah, you set up a heart, it's an account on Heart Cloud, and that's something you standard procedure when you download the app. You set up your account, your data goes up to the Heart Cloud, you can see your progress, you can see all of your past sessions, you can see how many coherence points it's called, you're gaining, all of that's available for everybody. So it's a great way to quantify you know, your practice. And then for people that like that stuff, and I do too, it's a wonderful add on to whatever you're practicing, whether it's heart math or other things that are you're using to, uh, to make change. And you talked about the physiological benefits of becoming coherent and, and using these techniques. What happens to our body under stress and, and what are the physiological um, symptoms that we might see and how does the heart math system benefit those? Well, you know, I think we've spoken about some of the things just in the, how we do the technique that are beneficial, hormone releases, the autonomic nervous system, synchronization, things like that. And when we're stressed, it throws everything into disarray. It's causing all kinds of hormones to be released into the body that degenerate us in excessive amounts, cortisol, adrenaline, all of that. It's hard on the nervous system. It's really hard on our physical heart. Uh, and what happens is, is when you have a steady diet of that kind of physiological experience, it accelerates aging. It taxes us. We pay, we pay for that. And so it's part of the problem we, I see today is people are, are just you know, devitalizing themselves through the stress they're experiencing. As a result, they're aging more quickly and they're losing, you know, certain luster and quality of life they could have. I do understand, and I think I spoke to that earlier in our program, and I hope that my compassion translated. Uh, but it doesn't really have to be as severe as it is for a lot of people today. I, the term I use, and I use it on myself a lot of time, is I call it self-inflicted stress. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. The stress that I'm allowing to happen when I don't really need to, you know. <laughs> exactly. So now um, the other question I often get is, if if I use these techniques, will it reverse some of the things that that I've had problems with? Say somebody has um, a weak immune system, or maybe. I don't know if it impacts diabetes or other medical conditions. Um, certainly, it, it, will, it, it will help to reverse some of that. We don't make overt medical claims at HeartMath, but we've got thousands of reports and reports from individuals and physicians on major health conditions reversing themselves, and they associate a lot of the reason for that is that they were practicing HeartMath techniques and or using our technology. So, again... We have FDA rules here, which are good. We have FCC rules, which are important. So we don't come out and say, well, heart is going to cure this or cure that. But we have seen so many major health improvements mentally, emotionally, and physically take place over these years that it's undeniable that there can be a reversing or improvement of a lot of medical conditions when people finally engage the intelligence of their heart 
into their daily living. Absolutely, yes. We don't want to make any medical claims, but but I would agree with you. I have seen um, people's health improve, and they definitely feel better. So these are, from my perspective, they're anecdotal, but um, it has definitely had a positive impact. And as 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 we start to wind down the show, I don't want everyone to leave feeling stressed. I know that HeartMath is doing all sorts of wonderful things for the community and the world at large and bringing more heart into the world. And so I'm hoping that you can share some of that information with us. Yeah, let me share this. You know, there's a movement happening in the world. It's unseen in some ways and obvious in others. It's a movement that we call the Ad Heart Movement. Here's what that means, is that people naturally are, in many cases, beginning to step up and just demonstrate more of the qualities associated with the heart in how they lead their lives, in their interactions with others, you know, being a bit more kind, maybe, or less judgmental. Or a physician, for example, that's you know, really focusing in on the patient's needs and maybe even starting by making sure that that connection there, that feeling of heart between the, the physician and the patient is in place. It's happening in schools. It's happening all over the world in so many different ways. It's fueling innovation. And it's, again, a movement where the qualities of the heart are being considered differently and they're being added into what we do. It manifests in things that we need to pay attention to more, not just the negative things, like the desire for cooperation, people coming together, people organizing around various issues and causes where they want to affect positive change. Those are great examples. There's a movement happening all over the planet, and I see that everywhere that I go. Uh, And it's a wonderful thing to see. So we've created programs for that. There's one that people can get called the Ad Heart Facilitator. It teaches basic heart math technique. Uh, it includes the technology along with it. It's all done on audio. It takes, it's relatively short. It's six 15-minute modules. <clears throat> At the end of the day, you become an official Ad Heart Facilitator. Uh, you can't go out and formally charge for anything that you would associate with that program. Uh, you can't advertise it, but you can go out and use it and openly use it and put it into everything that you do. Maybe you're a Sunday school teacher and you want to include it there. Maybe you're a yoga teacher and you want to include uh, some heart math in what you do. Or maybe you are a doctor or a business executive. It doesn't matter. What we want from that program is that people get enough structure and enough motivation and inspiration to become a more conscious contributor to this ad heart movement. It's happening. It's happening all around the world. We are going to come through this, and we're going to come through it very different and much better than we were before. And I think heart plays a big role in that. So all we're doing here at HeartMath is through a variety of different ways, whether it's tools, techniques, technology, science, training programs, certification programs, all the different ways. Radio shows, you know, <laughs> it's to try to, it's to, try to, you know, to create more of a, of a heart-based world. And that's what our mission is, and that's what we, were, we started out to do, and I think we're doing better today than we ever have. Well, you said, I will correct you, you said all that you're doing is adding heart, and I would say you're doing a great thing. I mean, this is, uh, the impact you've had on the, the world already is huge, and it's only going to get bigger and bigger. I agree with you. I think it's wonderful, the work that HeartMath does, um, and I want to thank you so much um, to you, Howard, and to everyone out there listening for joining us today on Perspectives. Um, I appreciate uh, Howard Martin, the Executive Vice President of HeartMath LLC, and 
all the time you've taken to talk to us and share some of the offerings of the Institute of HeartMath um, and helping us with a quick coherence to help us uh, manage a little bit, get a taste of managing our stress and anxiety. Um, is Which website would you recommend that our listeners go to, Howard? I think, first of all, yours. You know, we have people <laughs> like yourself that we honor and respect that are certified heart math trainers and coaches that are all around the world as well. And there are representatives in the world, and they go out and do lots of fantastic work, you know, uh, on their own, especially in their areas in which they live. And that's an important part of, the, of our mission in the Ad Heart Movement. For more information about Heart Math in general, you can go to heartmath.com and heartmath.org. Heartmath.com is a for-profit site. Heartmath.org is the non-profit site. They have, we have one mission, one organization, trying to create a heart-based world, but we have different areas of expertise. So if you want science, for example, go to heartmath.org. If you want things for children, go to heartmath.org. Or for the military, for example, go there. If you want more about yourself and more your personal growth and more about organizational growth or becoming certified and all of that, go to heartmath.com. So first of all, I'll go to your site. <laughs> Next, check out heartmath.com and or heartmath.org. Wonderful. Thank you. And I would add that there is there are lots of research articles available. So for those of you who want to understand the science behind it all, there, it, there are numerous links um, and articles you can read um, on those websites. And I would like to thank you again for joining me. This is Dr. Vidisha Patel, your host for Perspectives. I look forward to having you back to talk about heart math at another time Howard I appreciate all this time today and I will tell my listeners that uh, next week we will be talking about writing as a form of self-care and I wish all of you a wonderful week and until next time thank you thank you for listening to our program this week another edition of perspectives with Dr. Vidisha Patel can be heard next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until we talk again, have a lovely week.